Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Wednesday, February the 14th coming up. We've got reaction to news the body shop has gone into administration. Plus, you can hear from Gillingham's head coach after their draw with Swindon last night. But first today, the podcast has been told how a mother from Larkfield ended up being the last to know her daughter had died after her landline was mistakenly disconnected. Sheila Plank lives in Martin Square and had first reported the problem to BT back in January. Over the following six weeks, the 88-year-old still wasn't able to make or receive any calls. And most importantly, that call was from her grandson who discovered her eldest daughter, Carol, unresponsive. A devastating situation for Sheila and all of her family. Well, her other daughter, Sharon Fuller, has been complaining to the company and says it was a terrible situation. No one could get hold of mum to tell her, no one could get hold of her to say anything and in the end they've had to call me and I mean to be honest that's not right, that's her daughter. She needed to have been told first, not last. That's how it's worked out, she got told last. You know all of us got told because they couldn't get mum. What do you think moving forward needs to happen? From Moving forward, I think they need to give my mum a proper apology, first and foremost. And, and I think they need to give her, give her her money back from what she's been paying mm-hmm. while she's had no phone. I mean, I'd, even if they don't give her anything else, they should give her her money back from, from all the six weeks that she's been sitting here without anything. Have you said to them about that? Yeah. Yeah, they, I kept telling them. She, they kept saying, do you want to close this complaint up? No. No, I don't want to close it. It's making it extremely difficult. Very difficult. The whole thing's been difficult from the beginning to the end. They're not very, they've not been very helpful at all. They need to sort out an apology, first and foremost. I think that's the biggest thing. They need to apologise for what they've done. It's not, not right. And you haven't had that apology yet? No. No, they need to apologise to my mum, though. Definitely. That was Sharon there speaking to our reporter, Ellie Hodgson. An engineer has now reconnected the line for Sheila after changing her provider. BT has told the Kent Online podcast the company is apologising to the customer for the loss of service. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you now. And police investigating a noxious substance attack in Ramsgate have given us a description of a potential witness they want to speak to. The victim was taken to hospital after suffering burn to the back of his head in a graveyard on Manston Road on Sunday. Officers are keen to trace a man in his 20s with short, dark hair and glasses who was walking nearby at the time. The Home Office is expanding advertising campaigns which pay foreign TikTok influencers to urge asylum seekers not to cross the Channel to Kent in small boats. It's understood the government's now going to target audiences in Iraq, Egypt, Vietnam, Turkey and India. Previous campaigns have operated over the last three years in France, Belgium and Albania, where influencers who've apparently signed up include a rapper and two comedians. A Canterbury man who attacked his girlfriend while drunk has been jailed for nearly two years. Tristan Hogburn hit the victim's head against the floor and put his hands on her neck.
neck to stop her talking. The 46-year-old from Old Park Avenue asked for his sentence to be suspended so he could look after his guinea pigs. A judge disagreed and has locked him up for 20 months. Now, staff at branches of the body shop in Kent are facing uncertainty today after the UK arm went into administration. There are eight stores here in the county which will continue trading for now. But things like high rents and tough Christmas trading could be to blame for what's happened. Tudor Price is the chief executive of the Kent Invicta Chamber of Commerce. He says they're not the only ones struggling. I think that those in the industry saw this coming. Um, there were already rumours and uh, they had announced an intention to try and uh, restructure some of their finances earlier. And they're not the only one. There's a few other large players that are in the market, um, particularly in the sort of retail, hospitality and leisure, who are in the process of giving notice of intent to go into administration. Um, and they're basically sort of trying to renegotiate rental terms or possibly sort of work on uh, creditor agreements with their supply base. So we're starting to see what is obviously the, the culmination of perhaps not such a prosperous Christmas for many of the, uh, these organisations. Um, and unfortunately, this is the consequences now. Some are managing to renegotiate and come out of this, um, but quite a few are, are not managing it, body shop being a case in, in point. And I, I'm afraid we'll probably see a few more of these over the next month or so. Very unsettling time for everybody who works for these companies, of course, isn't it? It is, yeah. And of course, the employees and the staff are always the ones that tend to suffer here. Um, obviously, the supply chain also loses out. But if the administrators do their job well, then sometimes they can sort of recover some of that um, that cost. It is difficult. Um, I guess on the upside, you know, there is still good employment opportunities out there. So, you know, retraining and uh, sort of changing to a new employer is, is still a potential um, so it's not as desperate as it might be. Um, but yeah, it's not good. And I think this is all probably indicative of where we are in the economy at the moment with uh, you know an election year, waiting for plans, waiting for, for opportunities to uh, to be sort of laid out in terms of where, where the government wants to take us. What damage does it do if we no longer see these big brand names and in fact have empty stores on our high streets? I mean, they, they don't look very attractive, do they, when we walk along a high street and there's a lot of shops unoccupied? Yeah, it's never good. And there's a lot of evidence to suggest that sort of the broken window element of, of a high street tends to sort of attract further deprivation and um, and generation. So uh, I'd like to think where those vacancies uh, are going to be sort of uh, placed will will it prompt the local authority to do something creative with that space? You know, there's lots of opportunities, some good examples around the county with Astrid Canterbury and others sort of demonstrating how they can better use that space. But it's important that the local authority play a part at a local level. The big brand names, they will do whatever they need to do to protect their, their shareholders and, and uh, the directors. But yeah, there's there's going to be an impact and it's up to the local authorities really to, to sort of step in and try and make sure they mitigate that loss. Administrators have said they'll consider all options to find a way forward for the business. Kent Online reports. Investigations are underway after a crash that closed the M26. Emergency crews were called to the London-bound stretch just after seven this morning. We're told the collision involved a lorry and a van. Meantime, the driver of a car's been taken to hospital after crashing with a lorry on the M20. It happened on the coastbound stretch between Ashford and Hythe in the early hours of this morning. Work's been taking place to clean up 200 litres of diesel from the carriageway. A Medway man says large companies should be doing more to prevent cyber attacks after Southern Water confirmed it's been targeted. The company serves thousands of households across Kent and reported suspicious activity on its IT system last month. Well, in a statement, they've said some customer and workforce 
source data could have been accessed. I've been chatting to Andy Keats, who lives in Cliff near Rochester, and received an email about it. I just received a standard email headed uh, cyber attack important information about your personal detail data. And then it's a standard letter with a southern water heading on it. Dear Mr. Keats and Mrs. Keats, and it goes on to inform us that we've been hacked and go, then goes into to reduce the risk. You can take out this Expedia identity plus membership for a year, which they're giving to us, and give you a link to go on. And I think, hang on, this is a scam because it's got a link on it and everybody says if you get an email you don't recognise or don't expect. So I was taken a bit back by it. I couldn't follow it all. And then you go down further and then they give you some background on it and then they give you further information, information from the FCA, and it goes into telling you install that latest security updates on your computer, do not click on suspicious emails and all these links. So I've read all this and I think, is this real or not? So there's a number on here, no 330 number, phone it. So I decide I'll phone it. Phoned it. No answer. Couldn't get through. After another thinking about it, I decided I'll call my bank. So I called Nationwide. I'd look on the internet and found something on BBC News about something more saying they've been hacked, but not really any information. So I spoke to Nationwide. They put me straight through to a phishing department and uh, they checked out my account. There was no dodgy dealings going on in my account. The latest ones I did the day before were all genuine, but they keep an eye on it, checked it, and they said, you best speak to the water board. But if I hadn't have been that savvy, what would have happened? You know, I'm 72. There's a lot of other people who aren't quite maybe on the board as I am at 72. And if they get the same email I got, they could be clicking on links for scams and everything. And some more just do not want to know about it, really, when you try and get hold of them. I was going to say, Andy, it sounds like you've done exactly the right thing in, you know, how you've gone through the letter. You were a bit cautious about the letter in the first place, but you contacted your bank. But how did the whole thing make you feel that this could have happened in the first place, this cyber attack, and, and that your details were put at risk? It's some mortar, isn't it? It's like, it's like your bank. It's one of them three or four companies, like your local council. You sort of rely on to have a security in place to make sure this doesn't happen. You know, if I'm with some eBay or clicking on some remote web page to buy something, I'm at risk. So you put security. But this is a, you know, a utility company, and I've worked for utility. I've worked for the power industry all my life. Well, not all my life, but most of it for CGB through to Power Jenny on etc. And they have things in place for this. You know, I could go on my my computer work and look at a power station in Germany and look up things like this. You could, you know. It was secure. Why isn't something more as secure like this? How does somebody hack in? And if it does, why isn't it being highlighted, you know? Bosses have apologised and say they're continuing to work with experts to find out exactly whose data is at risk. This is what they've also said in that statement. Based on our forensic investigations so far, which are ongoing, we're planning to notify in the order of 5 to 10% of our customer base to let them know that their personal data has been impacted. We're also notifying all of our current employees and some former employees. These notifications 
will offer security advice as well as guidance on recommended precautionary steps and details of the support we're offering them. They've also issued a number for anyone who's concerned. That number is 0330 303 0025. That's 0330 303 0025. Kent Online reports. A new report has found Swale Council have failed to meet their climate targets. The Authority declared a climate and ecological disaster and were aiming for net zero by 2025 and net zero by 2030 across the borough. While they say improvements have been made, they're going to fall short. Residents in Medway could see the starting price of a taxi increase to try and help drivers with the cost of living. The council are considering putting up the flag rate from three to four pounds. It comes as a survey of cabbies show they have to work as many as 70 hours a week to make a living. Charities in Kent are urging people to be aware of abusive behaviour in relationships on Valentine's Day. They're highlighting issues including love bombing, where someone overwhelms a partner with affection as a way to manipulate them. Victims are being encouraged to try and reach out for advice and support. Meantime, businesses near Gravesend are worried they'll lose trade on Valentine's Day because of roadworks that have cut the village in two. UK power networks are carrying out essential repairs on the street in Cobham. Pubs and shops say people don't realise they're still open. Kent Online News. A fundraising campaign's been set up for a former Rochester teacher who's been diagnosed with liver cancer. Christine Lones had chemotherapy, but NHS doctors say there's nothing more they can do and have given her just months to live. Her son's hoping to raise £30,000 to get a second opinion and pay for treatment abroad. Work's underway to turn an abandoned golf course near Ashford into a luxury housing estate. Ten homes are being built at the former Great Chart Complex, which is now known as Bears Green. The property cost £1.6 million each and you can see pictures of them by heading to the website today. Elsewhere, a country home near Canterbury has been put up for sale for the first time in more than 170 years. Straight End Court has been home to a Kent MP and a wartime army intelligence officer. It's been in the same family since the 1860s. The mansion sits in 10 acres of parkland and has a price of £2.45 million. A rower who's competed at a national level has taken over over coaching at a Kent club and says he wants to put them back on the map. Medway Town's rowing club is based on the Esplanade in Rochester but currently doesn't have any racing members. Well, despite that, Angus Kennedy is keen to take a team to the Henley Regatta within a few years. I love rowing. Uh, it's, I'm very passionate about it. I came down here originally with my son George but I, then I had uh, some surgery on my arm so I couldn't really get involved. But, uh, but now it seems like... Uh, the windows are aligned, as it were, and Mark and I met and he said, look, do you want to come down and give some help? He was doing a Learn to Row program and everything just went from there, really. And we just got talking and we just we just saw this massive opportunity here to to really do do something quite special. There's uh, very few uh, members that like racing members. You know, when I say that, I mean, un, under uh, under veteran age that could potentially compete at Henley and uh, I thought that was just, uh, I, don't, I couldn't understand why, because it's such a great club, there's loads of boats, there's, there's really nice people down here. And it just seemed to have, um, I don't know what the right word is, but, but just, just not enough people. So we're, we're doing a big shout out. We need, we need some rowers down here, we need some people. In the rowing world, you've got a, a regatta called Henley Roll Regatta. And uh, it's a bit like the sort of Wimbledon of tennis. If you've got a medal there, then... You know, this is what a lot of rowers aspire to. And, you know, I can safely say that I've won that event. And when I did win it, I said to myself, one day I'm going to take a crew over that line first.
and I vowed that. So that's what I'm here to do. I don't know how long it'll take. It may take five years, but I think we'd be very happy if we could, if this club could qualify for Henley within two or three year period. I think that'd be quite a result because you've still got to just get the time to even race there. But I know what it feels like, and I and there's plenty of kids around here. There's plenty of people that would. I just love to feel that with him. You know, I'm very passionate about it. You know, it'd be amazing to to take take this club. You know, to that sort of level, it'd be, it'd be incredible. There's about 40 boats here. Uh, there's racking for scholars and uh, people to have the private boats, but we've we've got boats here for everyone to use. I've got eights, fours, uh, small boats like double, so two people can row together. Uh, uh, everything you need, uh, everything. We've even got a launch out there, so I'll be out there in the launch shouting at people to make them go faster. <laughs> so underneath there's like a storage space, and in there we've got uh, we've we've got an outboard launch. We can just go, go up and down the river, and changing rooms at the back. There's a cafe over on the other side here, and also there's a gym where where um, a lot of the work actually is is done for rowing. There's a lot of uh, land training, and so in that gym we'll be getting people. We've got a selection of rowing machines. I think that's about sort of. 15 uh, goes so that's really really good for a club to, that's a lot of kit you know there's no reason why this club shouldn't do really well now the club's holding an open day at the weekend to try and encourage people to sign up if you search for the story on kent online we've got the full details there on how to get involved you can also follow kent online on socials to see a video of strange objects flying through the sky in margate the footage was captured by a dog walker it sparked speculation online with theories ranging from meteors to aeroplanes. Kent Online Sports. Football and a last minute equaliser denied Gillingham all three points against Swindon last night. The home side came from a goal down at Priestfield to lead 2-1 before the visitors scored near the end of added time. It finished 2-all, leaving the Jills in ninth in the League 2 table. We got reaction from head coach Stephen Clements after the final whistle. I thought the first half they, they were the better team. Uh, we couldn't get to grips with them. Um, so I didn't, I felt we could could have done better with the ball, uh, but um, we had to change uh, one or two things at half-time which, which helped us in the second half, um, allowed us to get more pressure up the pitch. But I think um, obviously playing in a 3-5-2, it's very hard, which we was in the first time, it's very hard to get pressure up the pitch in that system. Um, it should give you um, an extra body in midfield, it gives you the extra front player, um, if you get your wing-backs involved, it, it, that, that, that should, should work as well. Um, but unfortunately, Went, like obviously we played really, really well a bit on Friday night and we just didn't start the, the first half well enough. I know it's against a, a different system, but I have to say fair play to Swindon, they, they played very, very well. We made the adjustments, um, I felt I felt we was a lot, lot better. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, we, we haven't held held on at the end, but I think probably over the, over the course of the game it's probably, probably a fair result. Right? I also need to give a special mention to the supporters tonight. I actually really enjoyed the start of the game. Um, I've worked at some big, big clubs in the past and um, and I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, the last waltz and, um, and the way the flags are up and the way they got right involved right up to kick-off. And, and I could hear them all first half uh, and I thought they were, they, were, they were great, even though the lads were struggling. Um, they kept the boys going because the boys did have to dig in deep in that first half. Um, and I was really, really encouraged uh, tonight by the way they were because um, I think that was the loudest I've heard them, and, uh, and I really, really liked it. It was fantastic. So, and we're going to need them because you see all the teams that get beat tonight. The bottom teams do beat the top teams, unfortunately, in this division. Um, and um, we've moved a point closer uh, to the to the playoffs. 
Um, everybody else has got beat, I believe, which makes it frustrating because we know if we win the game, um, we'd be in the playoff positions now. But we're more than capable of going to Newport and getting a result, and that's what we'll have to do now on the weekend. And tickets for Maidstone United's fifth round FA Cup game go on sale today. They're taking on Championship side Coventry City on the 26th of February. Season ticket holders can book their seat with the general sale getting underway on Friday. That's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. Plus, you can get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing to sign up to that you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk and whilst it is valentine's day don't forget to check out our food review as we put an expensive meal deal up against a slightly cheaper option found out find out what our reporter enjoyed the most we'll be back with the podcast tomorrow news you can trust this is the kent online podcast